I hope they all nail it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I want to see just a bloodbath of crazy muscle conditioning. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? I don't care who wins. I just want to see crazy muscle up there on stage. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back in to Think Big Bodybuilding Media. Today, we've got a, a dual segment of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. So for the YouTube people, I'm splitting this up because uh, from what I understand, they tell me they like shorter videos. Like I, I think some of the people at YouTube would like if maybe we, we uh, boiled down all of the secrets of bodybuilding until like a 30 second video. They would love that. But I know you guys like a little bit more meat on the bone. So we've got an hour and a half podcast coming up for you today. We are going to do a 30 minute uh, Olympia preview segment. I'm with Nate Spear and Andrew Barry. Uh, Skip Hill couldn't be with us today. He had to bow out last minute. But I'm with two really knowledgeable guys. And we talk shop about the biggest show in the world, in the IFBB, in anywhere. So we start out with that. And then after 35-ish minutes, uh, we go to a Q&A. I've got some questions for the guys, like uh, if you could only grow your back with two exercises, what two back exercises would you choose? Uh, so we have a lot of fun with that one, plus a bunch of your Q&A stuff. If you guys want to take part in the show, we'd love to have you uh, get a hold of me over at the Facebook group for Think Big Bodybuilding Media. You can comment there. You can comment on the YouTube, and uh, we'll tackle those questions on the next show. Uh, guys, if you want to support our programming, you can do so over at our awesome sponsor, truenutrition.com. They've supported us. They've supported us for a number of years now. They've got some of the best protein powders in the industry, plus uh, great performance supplements. You can get things like EAA, highly burned cyclic dextrin, finished products like Matt Porter approved muscle intrusion or uh, MD Mountain Dog Perry MD. Both great intra workout products. Uh, you can get everything you need from True Nutrition, and if you shop with them using our code Think, you'll get a discount on some high-quality, awesome third-party tested supplements. Plus, you know, using that code helps to support us too. Let's them know that you're hearing the ads and that you believe in them the way we believe in them. We also have our Patreon. I'll have links to that below. I really appreciate everybody who's been taking part in the Patreon. You guys are directly helping support me to make this thing happen. And uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's been it's been really cool. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. And uh, also, we started a new affiliate account over at amino-asylum.com. They've got some cool stuff. I'm using their uh, 400 milligram per milliliter citrulline, excuse me, uh, L-carnitine. Let me get my supplements straight. Uh, and I'm loving that. I, I'm getting some good post-COVID recovery benefits from it. A lot more brain clarity. It's uh, It's been a, a huge change for me, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, plus, they have all your research cams, everything else you could need. Guys, uh, thanks for listening to our programming. Appreciate your, your support. As always, let's get to it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally, and I'm here with Nasty Nate Spear in the middle, and of course, Andrew Barry. Skip Hill couldn't be with us, but we're going to get down today with some Olympia preview. Uh, I'm really excited to get into this. Um, first of all, I do want to say we have not recorded since the Arnold happened. So before we get started, I have to say, uh, congratulations, Andrew, uh, working with, uh, Missy and her fantastic win. She looked incredible, dude. And I'm really excited to see what you guys do this week at the Olympia. Yeah, man. Missy's just an incredible athlete. Um, you know, it was great because, and Nate knows the drill. Like I'm in there in the room with her checking. We do a meal about an hour later. We do some more poses, make changes if we need to. Um, I was there for training with her. Uh, she's 
a true professional, like in every sense of the word. And the whole week, you know, or the whole, this whole prep, our motto was this one's for John. And, um, you know, I, I do think there was a nice release of emotion when we heard her name called last, yeah. um, in the, in the number one spot. But now like, you know, we're going to try to turn it up a little bit of a notch and, um, come in just a little bit better. We got some judges feedback. We want to make sure we're, we're going for straight ones for that physique round. Yes. She'll kill her routine like she does. And, um, yeah, we're just going to try to get a little bit better this week. So, yeah. Right on. I'm excited for that. Nate, thanks for joining us, man. Glad to have you here, brother. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's been a while since I've, been, I've joined you, but uh, back in action. You've you've been here in spirit and in our live comments almost every, every episode. You know I'm always here. I'm that number one supporter. <laughs> we should also point out everybody out there that's on Instagram, go and follow Nate's new Instagram. Yes. He was hacked recently by some a-hole it's uh at nasty nate spear now so uh it's not nate spear anymore it's at nasty nate spear right nate yeah we upgraded which is better it's better <laughs> anyway everyone knew him as nasty anyway so yeah and plus honestly it's gonna make me uh post a lot more so it should be good because i gotta bring that following back up because you know <laughs> i feel less important now that i have 400 followers <laughs> dude you were like right at that cap where you're gonna hit the ten thousand. No, and... he was waiting and watching and then he struck he did, man. That's lame. Damn. That's lame. Yeah, um, so coming up here at the Olympia too, I also wanted to plug something for Scott Stevenson. And that was uh, this. Scott's got this uh, seminar that he's doing. So anybody who's watching the live feed, especially uh, check this out. Scott Stevenson's got a seminar coming out and that'll be at uh, what's this gym here? Uh, F- FRX training, I believe. T- TFX, TFX oh, training TFX. facility. <laughs> And he said it's ten minutes away from the uh, the contest venue for the Olympia. Hell yeah! And free, it's free uh, uh, training all week for any IFBB pros. I, I I don't even think you have to show your pro card. You just tell them. Uh, but the seminar you looks really lie. good. It's it's why yeah, it's why you don't look like a pro. So it's definitely something I'd be interested in going. I'm going to try to sneak away. It's at three o'clock on Thursday. So yeah, cool. Well, let's jump into this, guys. So uh, for everybody in the live feed, we're going to start out with our Olympia preview. And then from there, we are going to cut to a break, which we're not really going anywhere. And then we've got a bunch of questions. And listen, if you guys hanging with us have any questions, feel free to post them up here. Especially we've got, in my opinion, one of the best competitors in the NPC right now, Nate Spear. So let's ask Nate some questions. I uh, I want you guys to come up with some good stuff. What's up, everybody? I see uh, Andrew over there and Eric over there, too. Guys, comment. We're here. Um, that said, let me find my little, uh, my little agenda list here. All right. So to start us out, oh, I got the competitor list and I know that not all these guys are going to be competing. Who on this list guys is not going to be with us besides Dexter and Vlad? Uh, Phil. Phil. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then. What's his name? Oh, you know what? He's already, he's not on this list. The uh, the European guy that had to pull out uh, okay. last week. Uh, Everybody else though is. It looks well, like. Well, I'm pretty. I guarantee you. I don't think Nathan's gonna come. I mean, uh, oh yeah, like, Nathan. For some reason, still think he's coming, but he's not. Like, you're not gonna do a show on like a Saturday and fly out from the UK. Like, yeah. yeah. He, I think he thought that like because there was some talk of like, hey, they're letting people that are athletes, quote unquote you know, get this special invite. But like I, I hear from like other countries, like they don't look at IFBB pros as athletes. Okay. Yeah. They're like, um, like, like special strongman, like Eddie Hall or something could, could pull that off. Yeah. Um, but I don't, 
they're going to let a guy sort of like that. Um, unfortunately, it, I wish they would. And it sounds like the IFBB does everything in their power to try to do that. Um, but they're just not letting it happen. That's sort of why Bonac didn't come over. And that's why James had to stay two weeks in Dubai. And a lot of these guys, you know, they had to stay in a, a special country. Like Mexico is another spot where people mm. had to stay two weeks to get in the U.S. Because their countries wouldn't let them fly over, you know. Okay. Yep. So the first question I have for you guys, you know, the um, traditionally the Olympia is a show that you have to take out the champ. Like you can't just be a little bit better. You have to like flat out, you know, be head and shoulders above. Um, Rami is freaking incredible. You know, this last year, I I think he kind of like fulfilled what we've all like hoped for for a really, really long time. And there were so many times he didn't nail it. Um, if he was to nail this again and we and we were to see like the best that Rami could be, is there anybody that can beat that? Uh, I mean, I don't think so personally. Um, there's always like what ifs or whatever, but if Rami's 100%, and like my opinion is like, Last year, Remy wasn't even 100%. He was really good, don't get me wrong, but I think there's still a lot more that could be fulfilled. And now he's got another year with Chad. He's been in the States mm. for five or six weeks. You know, all these variables that add up to an athlete sort of being at their best. And, you know, Dennis, he's trained with Dennis James every day. You know, I know Dennis is brutal at posing, and that's why he sort of did so well last year as far as, you know, perfecting the presentation, holding, holding the poses. Um, so it's really, I mean – you know, going through sort of the evidence per se, I would say, you know, we're expecting him to see him at his best. And it's really sort of hard to knock that off, especially because, you know, he's got the size. The sh he's got the, a good shape, too, I think, you know, because when you talk about like maybe guys like Nick or Hadi, they quite don't have that shape that uh, Rami brings with the size. Right. Hmm. OK, so what do you think about that then, Andrew? Uh, if we were to see Rami at his best, is he yeah. beatable? Yeah, um, I'm going to go. Well, if he, if he's at his best, like I think his best still was at the New York Pro uh, a couple of years back. Honestly, I thought his conditioning there was lights out. I believe wasn't he with Chad for that one? I thought it was DJ. Actually, it was his first. Uh, was that was with DJ? Coach. Okay, okay. It's hard to remember because he he coached he bounced yeah. he bounced around a few times there. But I, I look at it this way: Rami's missed a lot more time than he's than he's hit. Right? Like in my mind, he's hit it two times out of the let's say ten appearances that we've seen him on stage. I look at someone else who's done nothing but nail it at each level, starting from the North Americans to the Chicago pro to the New York pro to the Arnold classic and Nick Walker. He's gotten better and better. And, and I think he's been as good as he could be at that date each time in terms of uh, physique, conditioning, posing, poise, abdominal control. Um, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say there's an upset because like you said, Scott, like you have to knock the champ out. But if Rami is, not as good as is he didn't if he doesn't look as good as he did last year and nick comes in looking like he did at the arnold last week yeah. i could definitely see an upset and i and i wouldn't shake my head at that i'd say that's fair so did you did i hear you right because you broke up just a little bit for a second there you're saying that nick walker could step in i'm, I'm saying that yes based and based off of you know, nailing it, not nailing it. Rami has okay. missed a lot more times than he's nailed it. Yeah. I look at someone like Nick who's nailed it literally every time over the last four times he's competed and gotten better each time and has posing control, uh, control, ab abdominal control, um, all, all these, all those other factors. 
And if he comes in the same way he did at the Arnold and Rami is not at least the same way he was at the Olympia last year, I could see someone like Nick knocking him off. That would be, I think, one of the most incredible storylines I have ever heard since I've been a fan of the sport. Like if Nick well, Walker could come I, I in. I was wrong last week. I was wrong last week. And I, and I said, oh, I don't think Nick's going to win. So I, yeah. I got I to gotta say Nick's going to win this week. So hopefully I'm right. <laughs> no, well, but, but no I, I, honestly, I've been impressed that of every step of the way. And I was really impressed with him. Uh, I was 20 feet away from him on stage last week. And he was by far and above number one. There, there was nobody was close to him the other day. So. Yeah. What were you going to say, Nate? I was going to say, I'd love to see Nick win because historically no one's ever won their first, their debut, debut Olympia. So, yeah, I mean, uh, except for the first Olympia winner, but <laughs> you know, that would be uh, pretty cool to watch history be made. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, not to, you know, get too sidetracked, but it's so cool to watch what Nick's doing because no matter what you have to respect that, you know what I mean? And whoever doesn't, then I'm sorry for you, but it's like, whether you like him or not, like what he's doing is like sort of, you're watching history sort of be made and it's, you know, pretty cool to watch that unfold. Yeah, yeah, you can't argue with that. It it would be it would be an incredible storyline. Let me ask you guys this. Um let's say that that uh Rami isn't quite on. Who would be the 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 guys closest to being able to jump into that spot in your opinions? Either you're welcome to to throw that at me. I've got a tier of like four guys, maybe five that you know, could win possibly. Rami, Nick, um um, Brandon, I, I would say Brandon's in that fifth spot probably, but Brandon could very well if his legs are up and he's conditioned. Uh, Bonac and Hottie. Um, okay. Those are my four or five that I think have a shot at it, but I do think Rami's the odds on favorite. And I would put Nick on, uh, with his trajectory, his confidence right now. Uh, like he's not going to look worse, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be those two. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think. You know, I would really love to see Brandon come back and sort of shock some people because that would be cool. No one's really talking about him. And it's like he won the Mr. Olympia. He got runner up last year. He does seem to be keep getting better. Like, I think last year his conditioning was spot on, but he just didn't quite have that same fullness that he tends to be known for. So if he can sort of match that conditioning and his fullness, especially obviously the lower body, which he's usually knocked for, then he definitely could get run me a run for the money. And, um, you know, like I would agree, Hottie and Nick, I mean, they definitely could. I would. I, I don't know if I could see Bonac doing it because I don't know if Bonac could get past Nick at this point, honestly. Mm, really? True. Because, true. Because, like, the size factor, and I and like Andrew said, we know Nick's what he's going to bring. Nick doesn't disappoint. And one of the best things about Nick is, like, I've talked about this with a few people, is, you know, in pro bodybuilding, there's not many people that, you know, hit it like that consistently. Detail, dryness, hardness. And I think that's why Dexter Jackson was so good. You mm. know what I mean? Is like, he always came in on. And Nick has the muscle, too. So it's something special, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be incredible. I, I I'm looking at the list now, um, trying to think if there's anybody else I could see. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Bonnick at the Arnold. That that would have I think told us a lot. Um, we've heard you know so many things about Hottie. I've heard like I mean there's there's so there's so much like rumor like oh they they would never give it to Nick because he is new. You know, you could you could find people saying stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's what I think, but you could find people saying like, oh, it's the politics. They're not going to give it to a guy. Uh, but then you hear stuff. I, about, I know for a fact. OK, I, well, I, let me just say, I know for a fact that there's two very high level judges that are on this panel that are really high on this kid. Like, yeah, really high on him. OK, yes. like, well, that says a lot right yes. there. 
Well, I think, too, what we're seeing is, you know, I think 10, maybe like eight years ago, I would go by that. But I think we're seeing a changing of the judging where they're sort of letting people win that might not supposed to win. You know what I'm saying? I think. Mm. And, you know, a perfect example is like Phil Kalar went from what, uh, 12 or 13th to a show. And then the next one, you know what I mean? He was what, second or whatever? He was whatever. fourth. He was Who fourth and then he moved up to second. You know what I mean? And same with. You know, a lot of people are giving Ian crap because he has, like, a bigger following. But Steve, dude, is known to – the judges love him. Like, he's gotten a lot of quote-unquote gifts, some people would say, in the past before, like, Nick and all these guys. Um, mm-hmm. So he's – and he's always, like, the good-looking sort of Amer- all-American guy. So, you know, I tend – and he was in his hometown of Texas. So, like, all these things. Um, and they went with Ian, you know. So okay, I, I think that, I think these newer judges, especially Tyler, is sort of head of that ring and – they're sort of leading yeah. the way as far as like letting, you know, let the body do the talking and we're going to judge that. Yeah. You know? Well, the I reason that. The, the reason that I ask is, so does that mean that they could let him win? Hottie. If he's the best looking guy, then absolutely. Like, I, I think especially Tyler, uh, as Nate brought up, he doesn't have any like favorites or any like he doesn't follow the old rules of. Maybe the rule even of, like, you got to be, like, so much better than the champ to knock him out. Yeah. I think he judges it as he sees it that day. Whoever looks best that day, they're going to win that show. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with Nate about that. Because, like you said, he brought up Phil Clark, He brought up um, Ian, you know, beating Steve. And, and Steve's – not to take anything away from Steve, but Steve's kind of been the golden boy for a lot of shows where sure. maybe conditioning-wise he probably shouldn't have been placed or as high as he did or won. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Cause I see Hottie as being right up there. You know what I mean? Like he, he's someone that like, I feel like everybody's wanted him to win now. And it, 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 I mean, have we seen him? Have we seen him on stage this past year? No, no. Okay. Okay. I definitely think if he brings, you know, maybe five or seven pounds heavier with the same package from Vancouver that he showed up in, like he could, definitely smoke people like because i mean the detail and the dryness and like the separation is like crazy like hamstrings glutes like all his details are pretty nuts you know what i mean yeah i do know that he was told not to show up with his shoulders as pointy as they were <laughs> oh yeah really that, yeah like that firsthand i do know that that happened so okay um you know you know guys do different things whether it's the regular gear or they're just trying to bring up a body part or you know just day of the show type stuff but um, I do think they do crack down on that when when it's very obvious, and I don't know in this situation there was a, a you know conversation about it. Okay, oh, fair enough. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you guys about, and I think that Nick falls into this category, is momentum. Who has? Who are some of the guys you can think of that have the best momentum coming into this contest? Maybe not even to win the thing, but but maybe have enough momentum that they're going to potentially. Uh, have a better chance of doing well just because they've got so much, you know, behind them coming into this guys like Nick, for instance. I mean, Nick's the first and only name really <laughs> momentum wise, just cause like his trajectory from last year's North Americans to, to, you know, this last weekend, it's, it's been nothing but straight up and down, straight up, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like, cause I think we see a lot of guys, they turn pro and they're good and, and they, they have the real first growth season and then they hit the scene and they do well. Like I'm thinking of guys like, um, like Hunter, you know, like, do we think Hunter's going to be in that first four or five? No. I mean, I don't personally. Right. Yeah. I couldn't that, see Hunter in the, 
you know, if he broke top five, if he if he were to hit fifth place, I feel like that would be a very huge accomplishment for him. That would be a yeah. great a great place to be. Or even guys like um, who had the momentum, like maybe a year or two ago, uh, Patrick Moore. Oh um, yeah, everybody was so high on him for I feel like six months, nine months after that uh, was it the first Olympia appearance, and then I think leading into the following Arnold or something like that. I, I, I get the dates mixed up, but um, but yeah, I, I really can't think of anyone having straight momentum other than the Nick right now because I feel like a lot of these guys they have they had their hype. And then they kind of settled into the pack. And not to say that they don't look good or they're not doing great things. It's just everyone's really good at this level. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and some people are just setting themselves apart a little differently. Well, I think the Arnold shot that down for a lot of people because, I mean, Ian had a lot of momentum in that sort of – he still got second. Don't get me wrong. That's the great placing. But now he's going to Olympia with like four or five other guys that are sort of head of the pack on him. So, mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, a guy like Akeem, he had a lot of – not necessarily hype, but I mean, a lot of people thought that might he he might win the Arnold Classic, and he sort of, you know, didn't quite uh, show up the way we were hoping. Um, so I think the Arnold definitely like sort of shot some people down as far as momentum train goes. Well, here's the other thing too, Nate, is that like I think like Akeem's gotten better and better over the last couple of years too. Like like he's he's kind of nailing his condition, I think, as well as he can. His his physique has developed. You know what I mean? It's not like he's coming in like way off. It's just yeah. I think we're seeing guys that are just genetically a little bit better. And hmm. that are a little bit drier because not only that, it's like if you think about like a year to two years ago, these guys like <laughs> their progression is crazy. Like That's you look at you know got like Hunter, James, you know Nick, obviously, um, even Ian. You know what I mean? These guys are continually getting like crazy better. And now sort of where Akeem was like sort of above them, now it's sort of they're catching up. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this: um, based off of what we saw from Akeem. Uh, at the Arnold, what would he need to do to be better uh, coming up here at the Olympia just a week or so, a couple weeks later? Do you have a back shot of him? I down offhand. I just have one shot of everyone. Okay. I was fairly impressed with like his conditioning from like his rib cage down from the front and, and even his lower back from the back and his glutes. Like I feel like he maybe from years of just getting bigger and stretching the skin out, his upper back just doesn't get hard and dry. And hmm. the skin is like thicker there. And even like this is actually a pretty good shot for him. But when he goes into like his side chest shots, I'm pointing at the screen like he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he goes into his side chest shots, like you see like a little bit of a loose skin that, that kind of hangs just a little bit there. Hmm. And so, it, it, I mean, but for, like I said, from the waist down, which is typically where most guys are going to be a little bit, you know, worse conditioned compared to like their abdominals or their pecs or their arms or whatever. Uh, like his lower back was super dry and, and hard and tight and had all the lines and everything. But his upper lats and his, and his upper back looked like it was like four weeks behind uh, comparatively. So, like, he, I think they just got to figure out a way to, like, get that skin thinner there. It's, mm. it's you know, well, here, magic, here's, basically. Here's a question for you, Andrew, because you were there in person. So for a guy like Akeem, do you think this would make a big difference if, say, he went to one show with sort of bad lighting and then another show that had better lighting? Would that sort of make his physique a little bit better because he's so dark? Yes, yes. Hmm. And it's the same thing I think we mentioned a couple shows back about Bundy when we did like a Tampa wrap up. Uh, Like Bundy was in crazy condition, but his skin is so dark that with certain lighting, like you just couldn't see all the little striations in his lower back or his glutes and everything. But then you see a picture of him from a hotel room or from somewhere else. And you're like, Oh, this guy was peeled. It just didn't show up. It just didn't, you know, you couldn't see that indicated on stage with the the particular lighting that they had. Yeah. I could see that. Got another question for you guys. I know I've got a bunch. Um, (laughs) All right. So out of everybody, we've gotten this lineup. 
who would you consider to be the dark horse? Who's who's going to surprise us uh, this week? I think uh, James Hong said <laughs> he looks freaking pretty gnarly right now. Like as far as like dryness, conditioning, he still has some good roundness to him. I don't think he has like the best shape per se, but um, I think some guys are starting to fade. Like I think Ian's fading a little bit. I mm. think Hunter might be. He hasn't done a bunch of shows, but he's been in shape for quite a while. I think he might be. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say on Instagram, but he looks a little tired, maybe. Um, but obviously, it's hard to say. Um, but he comes to, with a little bit of film. I usually when I notice, you know, I think James's condition can sort of match some of those upper guys we were talking about. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top five, maybe. I'm I'm scared in a way, and I, I think I mentioned this on one of the other shows we've done that, like as a coach, I love the idea of being able to get somebody in shape, get them on stage, and then look at how they look and be like, okay, yeah, I love this. Let's do this, except for let's you know tweak this, this, and this, these little things. And James is putting all of his eggs into this one basket, you know, and that it, obviously it can work. Guys do it all the time. Um, but there is like a, because I really want to see him do well. Like I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. My heart's racing for this one. Cause I, I can't wait to see the way he looks. And I hope that, that they freaking nail it. Cause I, I agree, man. He was my pick too for dark horse. I hope they all nail it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I want to see just a bloodbath of crazy muscle. conditioning. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? I don't care who wins. I just want to see crazy muscle up there on stage. Um, one guy, uh, I'm interested to see how he's going to do because he's been up and down, I feel, in a, in a sense, in, in Justin Rodriguez. If you saw him last week from the morning show, I wouldn't have been surprised if he slipped into the second shot, hmm. uh, second spot. Night show, I think they really overcarved up because he came back and his legs and just his midsection was blown out. His legs were huge, but there wasn't a cut to be seen. Like he was so full. Like, you know, when you get, get done doing like the craziest leg workout and you can't even like flex and see a line or like any separation, they look like that. Just like when you're trying to flex them, like they were full. Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, that obviously they, they had a strategy and they tried something and I, I think they would agree it probably didn't work. He looked better, just slightly drier and a little bit less, less full. Um, but I really like his physique. Cause I like, I, I really love his front double. Um, I love his rear double when he hits it right. I like yeah. his most muscular. Um, I feel like he's a guy that hasn't completely gotten his due uh, hmm. in, in the IFBB. I feel like there's some show. Like I, I think he could have beaten Akeem last year at the Chicago. Um, I feel like he could have won. Uh, what show did he do this year? He was uh, at the Indy. Was it either the Indy or the New York? I can't remember now. Uh, there's one show that I felt like he could have done a little better. But I'd be interested to see, because this will be, what, his fourth show of the year, maybe? Yeah, fourth show of yeah, the year. Yeah, it'll be fourth. Um, it, you know, we're talking about longevity and competing back-to-back-to-back to back to back versus not competing at all and putting all your eggs in a basket. I'd be interested to see how this how this happens or how it goes for him, because he did hook up with AJ again. And I feel like um, AJ Sims had him looking, like, spot-on last year for the Chicago. Like, like just some of those hotel yeah. pictures with like the magic lighting and stuff. His skin was like translucent. You could, you could see his, you know, his organs. So um, I'd be interested to see how he looks this week. I'm, I'm going to say he's my dark horse. He might, he might shock some people and get into that top five. That'd be cool. I, I could see that too. Cause he's kind of been, you know, right up there this whole yeah. year. He's done really well. Just been a little step off from being his yeah. best. I'm kind of looking yeah. down the list here at anybody else we hadn't looked at yet. So, yeah. Do we have – is Roly doing it or not? I don't – I'm not sure about that, honestly. 
I haven't seen any. I tried to look it up the other day, and I don't know if he's doing it in preparation for this show that we were that we we're talking about. Um, I mean, he, we all agree he didn't have a good showing at uh, Chicago. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously, there's no way he's going to go to the Olympia bringing that same package if he is in fact in the Olympia. I just haven't seen anything from his camp or from uh, from yeah. him about being here in the states or what he's doing. So, so yeah. okay, so so that's another one that. I mean, if Rolly's on, like he's up in that top four or five too, you know? Yeah, but I don't think he get, you know, and it's like John had mentioned at the Chicago uh, when we did that wrap up, he was like, he's down in size this year. And I had even asked him at that point, I was like, do you think he could get that back in time for the Olympia? And, and John was like, no way, you know, not this year. And I'd have to yeah. agree with that. He just, he's, he, he wasn't the Rolly that we all want to see, you know? No. Well, he was down in size and condition, which is really weird, right? Yeah, it's almost well, like someone got like some fake gear or something. Like it had that kind of look to it. You huh. know what I mean? Like <laughs> they got home and found like, out their travel was just like straight test. That he was huge. Everyone's like, "Oh, I want to see him shredded." <laughs> and now yeah. he's like really good condition, but just smaller. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else have we not talked? We got oh, Reagan. Oh, where do we, where... oh, you know what? Reagan's a good shape guy. I don't know if he carries the size to, to compete with you know the the you know, top six, seven guys that we've kind of discussed already. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, he always looks better in pictures. I think leading up to the show, he's got good lighting and stuff like that. And then I'm always like, eh, he just sort of never really, he always got to be like five or 10% sharper in my opinion. Yeah. Hmm. He really judges physique. Does, does he have enough size to be competitive at the Olympia level? In pictures, he does, as Nate pointed out. But then on stage, when I see him next to other competitors, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. Um, I, not not to contend with the top five, six, seven guys. I don't he, think he's now. young too, right? So I mean, he's been young for like five or eight years now. So okay, at some okay. point, at some point, you're in your 30s and you're not <laughs> young anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I remember like watching his video when he first came out, like you know, on YouTube, and that I feel like that was like in 2015 or 16 or something. So yeah, I guess it's been a I, I don't know while. if we can count him as, as young anymore, you know? Okay. I mean, this should be his prime. He's, he's been on the scene for a good five solid years competing as a pro. He should be going into his prime at this point. I mean, not, not to be too critical, but I mean, I see guys like, you know, in their videos, James, Ian, Hunter, sort of the way they're training. And then I sort of, I do see videos of Regan and I'm like, eh, it doesn't quite seem to be the matching up with these guys. So maybe that might be, Hmm. I don't know. I don't want to be too judgmental because I mean they are the top athletes in the world. So, yeah. Is this uh, uh, Andreas Presti? Is that how you say his name? Oh, uh, yeah. he actually gets peeled. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. He might be the hardest guy in, on stage. Come, yeah, come show time. Okay, he could very well be. Yeah. Like, he's got like those crazy like fucking walnut glutes. <laughs> yeah. He's got some cool shape crazy. too, you know. He's his got some leg, cool shape. His legs were like a little bigger. I could see him being like maybe like a six or seven or eight, maybe like contending with like one of Hunter those guys. But some, yeah. I think his legs are just a little too narrow to okay. sort of hang with those guys. Oh, but yeah, yeah, his conditioning and he he's actually a pretty big guy. I mean, yeah. I just I think his legs are a little shallow. Yeah. And then the guy that I always want to see just a little bit leaner because he has I think the most incredible legs uh, in the sport of bodybuilding is Hassan. I, uh, I, I, I'm rooting for him still. And, you know, Andrew and I were talking a little bit before the show, uh, about him. He's a guy that I think he freaking loves the sport, you know, and this guy's been in like, I think every show almost, I mean, maybe, maybe not every show, but he's been in almost every in contest. 
You did Indy, New York, yep. Chicago, yep. Arnold. Uh, I think there was one more in there too, right? Tampa. Yes, Tampa. Yeah. So that's at least five. Did it, was there a California show? Yes. Didn't he go and do that too? I think he did. Yeah. So, so that'd be six, and this would be his seventh of the year, which is for a professional bodybuilder. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and a guy that size. That's that's, that's Milos Milos type stuff. <laughs> I mean, his. Um, to that, no, go ahead. I just was going to say in this picture we have up from Tampa, his cheekbones were shredded. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, if if I were to just look at his face, I'd be like, the guy's peeled. Do you guys think that there is a a possibility? Can his are his legs as lean as they can get? You know, is he as tight as he can get? Is there is there a chance that for some people genetically that it's it's just good? Obviously, it could be harder for some people than others. Is there a chance that he can't get there? I think a lot of guys and their coaches are afraid to let them go too flat, especially at this level. And maybe like the coaches are afraid to let them go too flat for their egos more than anything. Mm. Um, so I do. I, yeah, I do think a guy like with his musculature and his. Yeah, I think he could be leaner. I think if someone starved the show. I mean, we'll look at it. We were saying this, having this conversation about um, Akeem a couple years back, right? Where Akeem always seemed to be like three, four weeks out. And then now Akeem's coming in for the most part pretty spot on. Like his legs, his glutes are in, his lower back's in, where that used to be the knock on him years ago. So someone figured it out with him on how to diet him down and get him in shape. So I think maybe it's just the right combination of coach and athlete here. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be great. Like a a fresh start too. You know what I mean? I think uh, at this point, I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? His body's probably fighting. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only other guy maybe we didn't talk about was uh, Muhammad. I really like Muhammad's physique, man. Um, I I know he's not going to be a contender in the top, you know, seven, eight, nine guys, but like, you want to also talk about legs. Like he's got some wacky friggin' legs. Yeah. It it actually makes like his upper body. What's that? I felt like he a couple shows. I felt like he might have got overlooked a little bit too, but he absolutely I don't know did. Yeah, well, I it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show, and I'm with you, uh, Andrew. I think that that's as a fan, that's like the number one thing I think any of us could want is for everybody to come in absolutely peeled. And at that point, I don't really care who wins because it's going to be yeah. just one hell of a bloodbath. I think that was well, the that, phrase you that used. Way, too, Ten years from now, we can say, remember 2020 when everyone was 2021, everyone was peeled out of their mind. Yeah. I mean, like throwing the young guys' faces. <laughs> Back in my day. Seriously. Well, I think, like, you know, we always talk about, like, for me, one of my favorite Olympias was that 1998 Olympia when Ronnie and uh, oh, yeah. and Flex went at it. It's like yeah. you're going you're going back. And, and then you also had, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Nasser. Yeah. You know? But, like, you're looking at Ronnie and you're looking at Flex and you're looking at their backs and the rear double and you're like, these are that's the best back in the world and then you look oh wait no that's the best back in the world and you're like going back and forth and then they're doing a side chest and i mean it, that was just a crazy crazy one for me so i i'm hoping for another one like that i hope everyone just comes and peel out of their mind yeah all right well let's close this thing out and uh we'll look forward to hearing you know seeing what happens i'd be curious too because I'm, I'm gonna get this up uh it'll come out monday so this will be in plenty of time for all of our viewers to tell us what they think. I want to hear what everybody else thinks and uh, what your predictions well, are. Do you want to? Did we actually give our technical top five prediction? Do you want to do top five? Yeah, let's we, do we're going to throw that out there. All right. Loser all right. shaves his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> are you, well, you first then, Nate. What do you got for Go us? Go for it, Nate. Uh, okay, so I got um, number one, Rami. Uh, number two, I'll put Nick. Number three, Hottie. 
Number four, Brandon. And because I'm living on the edge, I'll put number five, James. Whew. Wow. I would be happy to see that. Like, if I were to see that, I would be happy for literally everybody up there. That would be that would be a crazy result. Mm-hmm. You want me to go? Of course. Yeah. Gives All me right. more time to think. All right. Just add some <laughs> controversy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Nick. I'm going to go Rami. I'm going to go... I'll go Brandon. And then I'm going to go William. And you know what? Nate talked me into James. Um, and, I, and I just saw that picture that he posted a minute ago, actually. So yeah, bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go James yeah. uh, for my five. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to shock the world. Yeah. I think James is going to shock the world. I'm counting on it, actually. I, in fact, I'll, I'll say, I'm going to say that James will, will jump ahead because he's had, he's had a whole year, right? He's, James has done so much with his physique in the past two, three years. We haven't seen him lined up next to everybody in a while. He might not have like the same shape as a Brandon Curry, but he's got that round muscle still. And I think we're going to see that on stage. So I'm going to say that Rami comes in off. Okay. Because Rami comes in off, there's going to be an upset. Dude, I'll call it. I'll say that Nick wins then, all right? I'll say it. I'll say it. That way, too, because I here's the other thing. I have a chance of getting Nick on the show. I don't have a chance of getting Rami on the show. So I could be like, <laughs> Nick, I called you, bro. You got to join us. No. Um, but there is some reality to that, too. Uh, I'll, I'll say Nick because it's fun. And then from there, Rami takes second. Um, then I'll say Hottie third. I'll say James fourth, and then who am I really missing here? Bonnick. I don't think I have a feeling Bonnick's not. I'm just going to say Bonnick's not going to show up, or he's not going to be in shape. He's, something's going to be off with him, so that's not going to. I need a fifth. I need a fifth. Who Brandon. am I missing? Brandon, Brandon Curry. Oh fuck, that means Brandon. I love Brandon. I quit. I'm done. I have nothing. All right. <laughs> Brandon won. That would make me extremely happy because he's such a good guy, you know, dude. So yeah. Wouldn't be mad about that. Yeah, we looked but at. I don't, I don't dislike any of the guys. Like no, I know, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't really have a personal connection to any of them, really. Yeah. Other than you know, I mean, I've seen Nick compete in person four or five times. I've, you know, I've never been to an Olympia, so I've never seen Rami on stage. Uh, I have seen some of the other guys, but yeah, there's no. I just want to see them all at their best and let the best man win. I'm all for that. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. Hope everybody enjoys the show. Like I said uh, a second ago, comment below with your predictions, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see who's right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, I'm here with IFBB Pro Andrew Barry. I have to throw that in more often just so people know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, of course, uh, not of course, we're here with our guest today, Nasty Nate Spear. In my opinion, one of the best bodybuilders in the NPC uh guys who if you're watching live if you have questions that you want to throw in here feel free comment and we'd be happy to take those questions um we've got a few questions already lined up uh before we get to them i did want to mention guys if you enjoy our content then do us a favor uh comment like all that stuff it helps to boost us in the algorithm and if you have not subscribed we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week We'll keep you company while you're at work and you can, you know, watch our shows instead of doing your job. So there is that. I had a question I wanted to ask you guys to start this thing out. Um, Last episode we did, uh, if you could only pick three drugs 
to contest prep on, what would they be? That was a tough one. This one's going to be a little bit easier. I'm going to narrow it down to two, actually. Instead of three, I'll go to two. If you had to bring your back up, okay, back is your weak link, uh, and you could only pick two exercises to grow your back, what would those two exercises be? And we'll go to our guest first, Nate, because you have an incredible back. Uh, let us know, brother. What a, And here's the thing, man. I think a lot of people who are listening, I mean, we're having fun with this, but at the same time, this is some good advice uh, from people who have a ton of experience in this sport. Well, for me, ever since I pretty much started bodybuilding, every back day I start with pull-ups. <clears throat> so I'm going to stay with pull-ups. You can sort of you know, do close grip, wide grip, um, target your different area. The beauty of back is like, I really think it's where your sort of elbow path ends. So there's a lot of different, you know, ways you can train a back movement. So I think that's always a good thing with back. Um, and I'm a big, big lover of, uh, bent over barbell rows. Um, so that's huge for me. I think it, I can get it to target my whole back. What do you mean the elbow? I got to back you up a second. What do you mean elbow path? Well, let's say you're doing, so my next exercise would be a dumbbell row because you can sort of keep that elbow close, um, not quite bring it all the way back and target your lats really nice, or you can drive it to the side, almost like a metal row. Mm. You can sort of target that sort of upper middle back, you know what I mean? So that's sort of what I mean with like sort of your elbow path and where it ends and starts. I think you can sort of control, you know, sort of what area you want to target on your back, in my Mm. opinion. So those would be your two, would be barbell row and dumbbell row. Oh, two. I thought it was three because the drug yeah. one was three. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make or it harder. Like, I, I figured like, like Andrew last time where he ends up naming five drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me give you my whole prep cycle. And yeah. <laughs> people get your notes out. Um, yeah. So I guess if I had to choose only two, I'd probably do pull-ups and one-arm dumbbell row only huh. because I know Andrew will appreciate this. The one arm dumbbell row, I can control more if I have an injury going on. Oh, so the barbell row, I might not be able to control if something uh, injury. I won't be able to work around that. I guess. Yeah, so you're, you're saying like, um, for instance, if you had like a tweak in your lower back, for instance, like you can still yeah. support yourself with the one arm, whereas the, right. the, the barbell row, you're not. You don't really get any of that support that's that's protecting your trunk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to be in perfect shape to pull off the barbell row. There's no question on it. I'd agree yeah. with that completely. Huh. I like those choices. How about you? Oh, you know what? Before we go to Andrew, let me ask you this. Um, so you said pull up versus pull down. Nate. That was a question. Oh, I was saying pull up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why pull up versus pull down? Uh, it's just something I've always done and I've always had a really good connection with. I mean... The problem with a pull-up for everyone, though, is they're not really great at performing the pull-up. <clears throat> I think we'll, we'll throw this in there. Let's say you can do an assisted pull-up, too, to make it fair for everyone. I think you can also, you know, use – if I use assisted pull-up a lot, and I really find a really good connection. And, um, you know, as far as contracting my lats, unfortunately, I think a lot of people perform the pull-up wrong. Hmm. So I think – you know, you have to be sort of, I don't want to call myself advanced, I guess. I Maybe I am, but uh, you have to be a little bit advanced to know how to perform the pull properly. Like, how many times do you walk into a gym and someone's, like, doing, I call it an arm up? <laughs> yeah. I mean? 
yeah. sort of using up like yeah. everything they can and all their might. Whereas they're moving their chest up like as like that yeah. to get it up over the bar. Yeah, yeah, what, exactly. What do you think about for people who? Because here's one of the limiting factors. I think that pull ups are difficult. Uh, yeah. What if a guy can only do like five pull ups and that's it? What do you say to him? Uh, just tell them to use a band or the assisted pull-up to give them a little bit of assistance. And um, I'd rather have someone do, you know, seven or eight pull-ups that are really good contraction and control. So I think with back two, a lot of people miss out on that negative where you can sort of control the stretch. Yeah. So let's say I'm doing a pull-up. I'm sort of letting the, the load, you know, take over on my lat instead of just dropping it down, right? I think it's the same thing with like a row. <clears throat> you know, I think you can get a lot out of that negative as far as like letting that muscle control it on the way down. Um, so same idea with the pull. Yeah, I could see that. I like that. I, but for, you know, for, there, I find a lot of people too with pull, uh, pull overs. They don't really find a good connection. I guess hmm. it could be said pull up too. So I guess you really got to, it's hard because everyone's a little different as far as lat connection. I think that's one of the hardest muscle groups to sort of teach someone to connect with. I would agree. Um, <clears throat> So I think, yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't take it seriously because it's a muscle you can't see, you know hmm. what I mean? Like while you're training it for the most part. So I think, you know, like, you know, when people first start working out earlier on in their career, what do they, what do they like to hit? They like to hit chest and they biceps, like hit shoulders and biceps. Yeah. And, you know, they'll throw some triceps into, and then once, you know, the older guys start giving them shit, they'll start doing legs <laughs> and they'll start taking their back a little bit more seriously, but it's just not a muscle you can see. I do think there's a component of like seeing and enhancing the connection. Uh, yeah. To the, to the exercise. You yeah. Know? Um, but for my two, I'm actually going to echo the, um, the pull-ups with Nate. Uh, but it, to be specific, I don't like to do regular pull-ups. I do banded pull-ups. And the reason why is that you can keep your body straight up and down versus like Nate was talking about people that cheat a lot of the times or they're, you know, they're, they let their legs come forward and it almost turns into more of like a row. In a oh sense. yeah. And they're doing whatever they can just to get a certain part of their body up to that bar. Whereas if I take a band, you know, I can take a certain percentage of my weight off, but more importantly, it keeps me in that straight line of pull. So I'm just targeting my lats in this vertical pull range. Um, so that would be one of my exercises. And then the other one is the chest supported T-bar row with a pronated grip. You like that, uh, huh? I fucking love it. Hmm. Um, it's like my favorite back exercise, uh, more so because I really do feel like a lot of people don't target their teres, and this exercise in particular does target the teres. Uh, I mean, if, if I could pick one machine, it would be the T, the, the, the T bar machine, chest supported, because there's so many different things you could do with it. You could do shrugs with it. You could do a close grip. You could do with a with a neutral grip. You could do a pronated grip. But in particular, I really like a wide pronated grip because you can completely stretch out your lats and your teres, um, especially if you let your shoulders come over the top just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, who has a really good video. Of this is. Uh, Psycho Fitness training um, Sean Roden for his Olympia prep back in like, yeah, yeah CrossFit pull-ups, exactly, as someone mentioned. That, that, that's what I want to try to avoid not doing is those CrossFit kipping pull-ups, you know? Yeah. That's cardio. That's cardio to me and like bicep work. But um, no, I was saying there's uh, on that, you know, you guys know who Psycho Fitness is? Mm -mm. Yeah, he trained Roden for his Olympia and I think Dexter, he worked with him or whatever. Yeah, he worked with a lot of high-level guys out in California um, yeah. for their preps. And um, he's got a really good video of him showing technique on with Sean Roden on really getting an overstretch where you actually see his shoulder blades like come up and forward. And you can tell he's stretching that muscle out as uh, far as it can possibly go. Yeah. And then contracting, still kind of bent over the machine a little bit. That's my preferred um, favorite exercise. Huh. 
I'd like to get into that. That's that's a machine I want to get. It's the chest supported uh, row for my home gym. I, like I hardly have any space left, but I've told myself like if I take the hack squat and I move it like this. And then I take the leg press and I move it like this. Then I could squeeze that chest-supported T-bar in the corner, you know? Elite FTS just made this new one that we tried out last week when we were out in um, Columbus. And yeah. this thing is, like, the bomb. And he has all these adjustable settings where if you want him to, like, it's, it's got these rotatable grips. So, you know, you're not locked into just pronated or just neutral. Like, if you want a semi-supinated because, for some instance, like your shoulder or your your elbows, for instance, are aggravated doing something in particular, yeah. you, could, you twist it just a little bit, but then you can also change um, how far out the grips go and okay. change how far up the grips go. So it, it can you can actually tailor it for any, any body in particular. Nice. Have you, I like have you actually used that Arsenal one? It's, I think it's sort of similar. I've used the it's Arsenal one. very similar. One. Yeah. Super yeah. heavy. Yeah, it's super heavy. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not an ego machine by, by any stretch. Like, it's, it's both the Arsenal and the Elite FTS one. You put, like, a plate on yeah. each side and you're like oh wow like it's yeah. like four plates on another machine you know yeah i'd say so i'm gonna go with this pull down variation that i kind of discovered this past couple of years and when i i because i'll tell you what you know i i had trained back I'd, I'd done john meadows plans that were like back in the day when we talked about this andrew not too long ago it was yeah. in the day when he was emailing his plans and he emailed his plan to Shelby. Like, this is what I did for back today. And then we would do that exact same back workout. And for about four years, I did those workouts of John. So it's like, you know, our programming was superb, the best you could get. But then when I looked at the results I got and compared with the guys that I trained with, I was like, I don't feel like I got as much out of that as I should have. I've been able to, thankfully, I've gone back in Facebook and I've looked at some of my old videos that I had posted from back then, and I see where I was making mistakes. And I, now I'll go to what you were saying, Nate, that uh, I feel like elbow position for me was potentially an issue at times. I see a lot of guys doing pull downs. You can't see me completely here, but like elbows are coming down, out, elbows are coming out, and you're just pulling to the very top of your chest. Uh, I, I would do that. And I also feel like I didn't get a good stretch at the top. And what I've done since is I'm I'm making allowing myself to get a complete stretch so that lat's completely stretched, and then I engage from that stretch when I begin to pull. So keeping the elbows in, then it's almost like a pull over, if that makes sense. Instead well, I think of I think I it on your video, I remember you posted it, and I was like, yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that now. It's almost like a pullover for me now. The the pull down is, and I wish I would have discovered that years ago. But it, it just it took stopping and thinking about how to use the machine to make it work for me. So that's my number one uh, pull down. But specifically using it the way that I'm, I just described, and then my number two is also dumbbell press or dumbbell mm -hmm. row. That's uh, and you know what? For a lot of the same reasons you had said, Nate, that like barbell row, I love it, but my back's got to be a hundred percent for that. Uh, I also have T-bar rows available to me, but I don't feel like T-bar rows get me the same way a dumbbell row does. I can get mm -hmm. that full stretch. I, uh, I get that dumbbell out in front of me a little bit. I used to just pull it straight up, and now I kind of have an arc to the way I pull, where when the dumbbell comes down, it comes down, and it's out in front of me to get that full stretch in the lat. And then when I pull it up, it's 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 different, you know? I, I, I've made it harder. 
The only reason I don't say the dumbbell row, which I think is a great choice, and I love dumbbell rows. The only reason I don't put it as my favorite is because I find the dumbbell rows, especially as you get like 125, 140, 150, like the work on the rest of your body is so intense that hmm. you sometimes aren't able to continue to completely focus just on the lat. Okay. Same thing with the barbell row too. You get what I'm saying? Like, like there's so much that you, you have, like for instance, the barbell row, you got to keep your glutes flexed so hard to protect your spine and your back so that you don't lose that connection in the, in the um, posterior chain and open yourself up to injury that sometimes like, I don't feel as good of a connection to my, to my lats or to my back in general. Yeah. Um, so that's why I prefer like a chest supported one. Um, so yeah. I like this I comment. To touch on, uh, I want to touch on your pull down real quick. Yeah. Cause I, it's a huge thing is like people are doing like a row, right. And they're driving their elbows back. But like, if you think about it from a bodybuilding posing thing, it's like, you know, when you hit a front double bicep and someone will be like, bring your elbows forward a little bit, you know, like this or whatever. It's the same idea, you know what I mean? So when you're doing a pull down, like you said, Scott, it's like if you keep your elbows in front of you a little bit, you're going to contract your lats yes. much better. And I think that's what we're going for because it's called the lat pull down, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw this comment. I thought this was good. Uh, Andrew says, uh, Dusty would say barbell rows and barbell deadlifts. Dude. <laughs> I, that dude's I, indestructible, though. Yeah, yeah. His his barbell row, I have had so many clients that watch the podcasts and then they want to do barbell rows like Dusty does. I'm like, ah, it's not for you. It's not for you. <laughs> it's not for 90% of us, you know? He's never had a major back injury, though, has he? No, I don't think so. Like, I've never heard him complain about it or like, I used to love barbell rows and I used to love deadlifts, but then you just start to get in the habit of, you know, and maybe again, if it's like a weakness in the glutes or the abdominals or something else in the chain, but. I just found it was more of a burden than, than, than a, than a plus in a sense, because, you know, I'd have a great day and I'd start work or, you know, a good couple of weeks work up in progression. And then I'd have like a set where, like, you know, it just shock you. And yeah. then I'd be out for like the next three weeks to be, I couldn't squat. I couldn't even hack squat can barely yeah. leg press or do any of those other exercises, you know, even carrying dumbbells is hard at that point. Um, so, I mean, I'm a little older now, so I don't do deadlifts all that often, but I feel like <laughs> me. dusty. It's like, you know how everybody makes or they used to make the jokes about uh, Chuck Norris? Yeah. I feel like they could make those same jokes about Dusty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's, especially now that he's like 60 pounds up from when he got out of the hospital. And it's yeah. only been what, like, like, what, like three months or something? Not even like two months or something like that? Yeah, it's been yeah going on three now, I think. Or it's it's, it's it a three? very short period of time, yeah. I mean, he's. Way, you say to someone, I, "You've gained sixty pounds in three months." You think, "Oh, you're just a fat blob," but he still looks like a bodybuilder. Like yeah. not as good as he did when he went in, but you know. He still I think like he's about there, though. I think he's back up to like he. So I think two ninety. Yeah, two ninety two. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Like think about that. All right, I see we got a couple questions on the live feed here, so we'll jump to those. Uh, but you've got one too, Andrew. You sent this over to me. I'm going to let you read this one while I look for a couple more things. So if maybe you want to pull it up on your phone so you don't have to read yeah. it off of the screen. Uh, you mean I got to turn off the Patriots game that I'm kind of keeping my eye on? <laughs> is, is that what I hear in the background happening? Is that the Patriots? No, it's game? on. It's on. It's silent. Okay. Uh, hold okay. On. Let me pull it up real quick here. Yeah. What can I do with it? Okay. All right, so this one is from Brian Adams, and it came in a little, uh, I think a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, 
Hey, Andrew, I love your post about the dirty carb up you use with Hemraj Malai. He's one of my clients that did, uh, he did the Tampa Pro and he did the uh, the Masters uh, Pittsburgh show. Okay. Uh, and it's also something I did with myself. But one question for you. Let's say you do this and it works wonderfully. How do you track, in quotations, what is it that you ate so that you could replicate, replicate it again? I mean, the whole idea is to be able to replicate the protocol. When guys carb up with rice and cereal, it's very easy to measure how much carbohydrate, sodium, fat, et cetera, they're taking in. Do you have an idea about uh, about was that many grams enough, too much, et cetera? Or do you not even attempt to track nutrients and just get a feel for what foods work for you? So if cookies and fries work once, maybe you stick with the same foods next time. The other approach would be just to treat every carb up like a separate event and go by the look. But it seems a shame to not be able to take data from one show to another to improve the process. Sorry if that's confusing. Hopefully you get what I'm asking. All right. So I think what he's asking is, you know, how do you replicate that look if you liked uh, what happened, right? Yeah. If you, if you liked the effect that you got. And, okay, so while we wrote down what we did, it's not like every the, the following show I was going to look at that as a complete blueprint because, you know, while he's roughly the same weight and close to the same state he was in for a previous show, he, he might not be. Maybe there was an, an extra leg of a flight involved to get to where he was going to be. Maybe um, – he was just under a little bit more body stress, whatever it could be. No two, no two carb ups or preps are going to be exactly the same. And Nate can probably talk about that too. But because we've tried a, a couple different things. But uh, in the case of Hemraj, it was as simple as this. He, I was looking at his body weight throughout the day as I manipulated things like water. And if water was staying the same as it was the day before, and I was feeding him food, obviously, um, you know, by four or five meals in, if his body weight was the same way it was in the morning, that tells me his metabolism is popping and that as we get closer to bedtime, he's probably going to drop. He's going to be pretty light the next morning. And if I feel like he's flat, that means I got to feed him. So it's really just as simple as, you know, eating a meal, waiting about an hour, having him pose. And on that second round of posing, either I'm looking at him or he's sending me picks and I compare it to the previous set of picks or, you know, I, I basically take picks uh, between every meal and I look at him based off the last meal and the previous meal and the previous meal. And then from there, we come up with a game plan. So for him, let's say his base meals were like five ounces of a chicken or a turkey protein and, you know, 200, 250 grams of rice. I would just determine, okay, do we need to add more rice? Do we need to add rice cakes? Do we need something a little faster, a little dirtier, like a muffin? Um, and then I think at the end of the day, he was still just working right through food. I had him go and do a burger and fries. Now, that's not something I recommend to everybody. You know, yeah. some people, they're like, when do I get my burger and fries? And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you're right where we want you. You're going to do chicken and rice, and we're actually going to pull the carbs down a little bit because you're right where we need you. you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's more of having, like, a good eye and monitoring the body throughout the day in the previous days and just knowing what variables need to change. Um, and it's not so much – like, I don't say, okay, go and get a – particular brand muffin or go and get a particular brand of whatever it's all right just going at a i think what, what's the thing chris acido said one time when he told someone like go eat an apple and they're like oh, well, which a, one like a, a red one or, or a yellow one or a green one he's like i don't know an apple okay do i skin it or do i just eat the flesh it's like just eat the fucking apple dude like we'll, we'll yeah. determine afterwards you know what i mean so so i i don't think i have as complex of a process as maybe some people might think you need to have i guess I go with you there. I I feel the same way. I'll go ahead. Well, I was going to ask Nate, uh, how many burger and fries has Andrew given you? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me tell you one time. So this is for the North Americans in 20, uh, 
the COVID year, 2020, right? Is that right? Yeah. 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 It so, feels like, like it Walker, feels like a decade ago at this point, yeah, but it was like, literally last year. <laughs> so, so we always know Nate's condition is going to be among the best. Like, of course. it's not going to change, you know, like we're going to get there. But, you know, we knew he was going against Nick, you know, and Nick's a big fucking boy. Yeah. So we had him doing his regular meals, which his regular meals are still pretty big. What was it like six to eight ounces of chicken or beef and like two yeah, cups like of rice? Carbs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 75 grams of carbs from rice. And then we'd throw in, I think, at least like four or five of those meals. We had him eating some of those My Cookie uh my, uh, my, what is it? My cookie dealer cookies, which yeah. those pack an extra thousand, thousand calories easily, you know, probably an extra 150 carbs and an extra, you know, 40, 50 grams of fat. And we were just monitoring, you know, based off that, you know, you can have two cookies, this one, you can have one cookie, this next meal. Yeah. And it, what, 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 what I like to see, what I, what amazes me is just how he's able to still control his midsection after, you know, three meals in and, and still, and having those cookies, with him, <laughs> you know, um, that's the hard and, and, part, you know, man. That's the hard part because, like, it's it's all fun and games throwing burgers in and stuff until yeah, yeah. somebody can't flex their abs anymore, right? Yeah. Well, that's another and, and, point, too, is, like, digestion could be off, too. Like, let's say you pre- peak someone for one show, and then all of a sudden yeah. they're not, like, digesting the same, right? So that's definitely a variable, too, that you can't really make duplicate the same peak, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, absolutely. like, you know, if some of these pros, you know, they hit it. 100 percent on one of their shows like then yeah if we could write that on paper and duplicate that every time that'd be great <laughs> you yeah. know that, that's not the case you know and especially as bodybuilding we always want to get better put on more size in the off season so we come back and we do a prep it might be a little bit different we, our body might respond it might be you know different from the previous year because we have new muscle now you know sure mm-hmm. sure or you go to hit that second show it's like if there's if there was anything you wanted to change, like let's say we say like oh I'd like I, it was a great peak, but let's be a little bit drier, so we cut water out faster. Now the whole equation's changed once you you know you don't have as much fluid to deliver those nutrients anymore. You know digestion well, slows because. How many of it. times have you guys gotten a guy ready for a second show and their metabolism just cranks? You know what I mean? Like have oh, some yeah. or, that's me. Like, this might yeah exactly. So <laughs> that's where how that, about this? Well, how about this scenario too? You're doing shows in Florida, or, or let's say you're doing shows like in the Northeast where humidity is relatively nothing, right? And then you go down to Florida, like for the Olympia, and you do a show where there's high humidity. Like, how yeah. does that affect dropping water? You know, um, so there are there are tons of different variables, and I think good coaches will, in the back of their mind, be accounting for those and you know making the changes that they think that that will yield a better result based off the environment the condition and the environment of the athlete, the mental state of the athlete. I mean, to me, I think the biggest thing that messes when an athlete's in shape, the number one thing that messes up an athlete's peak is just their mind. Like I, I if someone is truly peeled, okay, you don't feed them enough. They're still going to be peeled, but they might be a little bit on the flat side, but they're still freaking peeled. Yeah. If someone is peeled and you overfeed them, like, okay, maybe they're just a little spilled, but they still have the detail everywhere. Right. But if an athlete starts like internally, you know, the what ifs or like, oh, shit, I just saw that picture of so-and-so in my class or whatever it is, you know, the self-doubt. I think that is where, because cortisol is going to go up, liver is going to start dumping glucose, and then you can't feed the athlete. And if you keep on trying to feed them, midsection is just going to get bigger. It's kind of like a, a traffic jam coming off the interstate. Like, like mm-hmm. all the cars can't get out to where they need to go because insulin sensitivity is not where it needs to be. So that's when the, your body starts holding water, starts pushing water outside of the, uh, out of the muscle. Um, and that's what creates that kind of watery mess. Like when guys really miss their peak like that, it's because they mentally got in their head. Yeah, I could see that for sure. 
All right. I think we had something else here. This was one of Skip's questions, although Skip could not be with us today. He said, um, question for the show. Um, what body part do you hate to train? I thought that would be an interesting one. What body part do you hate to train? Biceps. Nate? Biceps? Honestly, yeah. It's funny because everyone usually says biceps, but I love training arms. Do you? <laughs> well, I'll say this. I like to train arms when I'm in contest shape and like <laughs> on on the good stuff because they're like bursting full all the time and they look good. In the off season, they look yeah. flat. There's there's no like good curves and lines. And so it's just like, ah, fuck it. I don't even want to do it. <laughs> but honestly, I hate training delts. I won't lie. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It just seems like a lot of effort for me and my shoulders get like pump the fuck like really easily and like they fatigue like super easily um and it's for some reason it's just not doesn't really do it for me hmm. yeah yeah i think i'd say biceps personally it's hard to say though because there's no, abs can i say abs i don't really like training abs directly that's i think not fun. Say, uh, nah, that don't that don't count no one likes training abs all right don't, don't say calves because arnold will be listening calves i hate training <laughs> calves, but i don't i did train them for the first time in a year uh yeah, but you got monster calves scott yeah, I, I, was I talking to you about this, or who was I talking to? Like we were looking at your pictures, and it's like, oh, Scott's got legitimately huge fucking calves. <laughs> he's like, he's the guy that doesn't have to train calves. I know? am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't train him. You know what I noticed though um, is that I when I go to run, I will run on my toes. Like if you were to, yeah. you know, or if if like we were to like getting getting ready to get like into your fighting stance. My body naturally goes to my toes, and I don't think everybody does that. So it's like, a, I think I use my toes more than 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 normal people do, and I think that's yeah. been the reason why that happens. That's the key. Yes. I'm start my toes. Yes, you'll change everything. You'll change everything. <laughs> so uh, I was trying to think, biceps and shoulders. I would say shoulders used to be like my most fun thing to train. Like that was, yeah. that was like my ego lift. Because I'd yeah. go in the gym and I could shoulder press more than I could like dumbbell press and mm-hmm. like chest press. And I would, it was that exercise where I wouldn't do any, I'd do the least amount of warm ups I possibly could to ensure that I could overhead press the incredibly most amount of weight that I could possibly <laughs> lift. You know, it, that was my exercise was like, yeah. yeah, you might be better at me at squatting and rowing and bench press but i can shoulder press you you know <laughs> i can out shoulder press you nice yeah i think i'm with you the on the biceps thing though biceps aren't really that fun for me either yeah. let's see here okay we got I mean, another one in shape but you know like three four show it's kind of fun but beyond that it's an afterthought <laughs> yeah yeah all right so here's one from uh andrew he says uh what do you think Oh, this is Ert from earlier. He's got another one. Let me find it. I thought it was somewhere. Uh, maybe we didn't. What else do we got here, guys? We didn't get. Should we tell him to type it again? Yeah, it didn't. It's not showing up. Uh... Okay. Well, let's do this. Yeah. We talked about fa- your favorite um, three compounds for pre-contest. Have we ever discussed, you know, favorite three compounds for the off-season? No, we didn't. We haven't done that. That's easier, okay. I think, because it's not as complicated. You know what I mean? Yeah, but maybe we have some different opinions. Yeah, yeah. You want to start us up, Nate? Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously testosterone. Um, and then like 
some guys might shy away from it, but I mean, we've always had good blood work with it. But I mean, Trenace, I mean, can't go wrong there. Trenace <laughs> I mean, in the off season. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you should you should preface this, Nate, by telling them like. I mean, if you want to tell them about your blood work, and I, you know, I mentioned how some people genetically just have like superior genetics when it comes to processing compounds and and dealing with the negative side effects. Like Nate's one of those guys where you know you're like, is this shit even real? Like you mentioned I mean, him, no but not by name. I mentioned I, no, I mentioned someone else actually. Oh, I was, I was okay. talking about someone else the other day. Uh, okay, who I just picked up and I've been working with for about ten weeks now. But no, so. Um, but I mean, cat's out of the bag. Nate, you got good genetics, buddy. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, too, I guess uh, if you get really good primo, I mean, primo is a shit. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh yeah, those three. It's a good combo. I we just did a show on test ace not too long ago about test te- or excuse me, trend ace in the trend off season, yeah. trend in the off season in general. Um, I was talking to Dave Crossland about it, and we were talking about you know, the pros and cons of it, but I've seen some good results too. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's hard because you almost, you don't want to be, people are almost like, no. right. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, you just don't want to be promoting because we all know that typically for most people trend and any of the esters of trend are going to be the most dangerous or the, you know, the most disadvantageous to their health. So you don't want to be promoting people to do dangerous things, but we're already in a sport that errs on the side of promoting dangerous things. So, I, I mean, Trend is the best compound out there. I think most people will agree, you know, and, and gram for milligram for milligram, it's going to get you the most bang for your buck. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Uh, testosterone, um, Primabolin. I really like Primabolin. And actually to counter, I like Primabolin because of the safety side of uh, side effects kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I find that it's much safer and healthier for people. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Like in terms of blood work and, and effect on lipids and stuff like that. Um, to go to throw a different compound out there, because um, I do like the trend, but uh, we'll say test primo and anadrol to add, to add an oral to the mix. And anadrol, and, and, typi- and typically in shorter in shorter spurts. Okay, um, you know, ten days at a time. Oh, that's it. Twenty days. Well, here's why. Okay, and some people, you know, they don't have this side effect, but you know, I find a lot of times 10, 12 days into running anadrol, appetite goes to shit. It does like, for me. I get my. I couldn't get my sixth meal in, man. Like, so it's like to me, if you're not eating, you're not going to be giving your body the building blocks to grow. Yeah. So you might feel a little fuller and a little better in the gym when you're on anadrol. But uh, so th- there's that. Con- so here's what I would do: is I would do like maybe a two weeks of anadrol and then take like four weeks off and then two weeks back on and kind of taper it and cycle it that way. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I found when I was younger, I could handle more orals in the off season. Yeah. And then with age, I found that they tend to affect my appetite more. Contest prep, Agreed. not a problem. But like D-ball, that used to be my jam. Like I liked D-ball yeah. a lot, but anymore I, I stay away from morals. I just feel like, yeah. like you said, 10 days in, that appetite starts going. Yeah, and you start forcing meals. But, the, you know, the plus of using orals during contest season is that it helps take away that appetite, right? Like True. Like it's it, it, it's, a, it's a positive at that point for you. Yeah. Um, you guys didn't – neither of you guys mentioned uh, – the heavy hitters for off season, which are usually DECA and EQ. Those are usually those are usually like the two go to compounds that everybody suggests. I'm surprised nobody said that. I feel like uh DECA or NPP makes me a little bit like on the blue side, if that makes sense. Like I get a little bit like not depressed, but I'm almost like, eh, like Yeah. I don't really like I don't know, it's the one thing that doesn't really make me feel like 
I don't know, like great, I guess. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that way when I, I I had ran Deca one time at and it was at a pretty high dose too. But it was like the whole run of it, I didn't feel good. So for that reason, I've been more into EQ personally. I felt Same like, here. yeah, yeah. I've run Deca in the white years. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've run Deca in ten years. Yeah. Now NPP, I, I feel is a little bit better than um, Deca in terms of the side effects, but even then, you know. I keep that much lower in the dosing. It's it's easier, I think, to control short esters in general, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, say... We, we talked about this, too, about also, you know, splitting your injections up into much smaller doses versus, you know, like back in the day, guys would do, like, all their gear on, like, Sunday, you know? Yeah. They'd take their two cc's of test and two cc's of DECA all in one day, and nothing throughout the rest of the week. Whereas I think, yeah, you're going to get a burst, you know, your, your, your blood levels are going to be hypersaturated, but I don't like that back end or, or just that, you know, I'd rather try to keep it like this versus like, if you can see like that. And then Agreed. Like, you know? Yeah. That's just me. I think side effects are better that way in general, you know, acne yeah. being one, you know, just everything really. I, I'm going to go with the, uh, with EQ. I'll say, my best cycle that I had had in the off season was EQ with NPP actually. And, uh, Oh, and I get a third. So it's going to be test. I could, that's gotta be in there. You know what I mean? You gotta have yeah. test in there. Yeah. If I had a fourth, then it would be injectable D ball. That was, that doesn't affect my appetite the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed away from the injectable orals. Um, uh, maybe just because I get sick of injecting things before going to the gym, but right. you know, it is, I, I guess also like, uh, and I could be completely wrong. I feel like those might be the more dangerous compounds that people could abuse that or use that could lead to abuse of like dyslipidemia and other things. And I could be completely wrong there. It's just something I never got into like injectable. What's the other one? Like methyltran and injectable. Uh, we got some uh, crazy stuff out there like pig's blood and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. There's all these things that I'm, the they're like, how, how should I run this? And I'm like, I have no idea, dude. Like I'm never going to touch it. So I'm not going to counsel you on it. If yeah. you want to try it, like I would start really low, like 25 megs or something and see how you deal with it. You know? Yeah. I think some of the those like the real super like almost like the pre workout products. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they got popular as Jordan Peters and Progressive Overload got popular because yeah. I mean you can lift more if you take Halo yeah. before you go to the gym. You know you will lift more. There's no question about it. I, I do like the combo of uh, uh, T and E, um, a little bit of Anadrol, and some um, Halo testing before your training session. That'd so be nice. I guess I, uh, yeah, I guess I was talking shit when I say I don't really like those pre-workout <laughs> things, and I'm not talking long term. I'm like, let's say, let's say you got really weak legs, both muscular wise and strength wise, yeah. and like I might have a guy do, you know, two hours before do some injectable, um, you know, pr probably run those two orals, and then probably do a little bit of TNE as well. But I can see it's that. not like an average. <laughs> I said you've been What's holding that? out on me. No, <laughs> Dude, your legs are big enough. <laughs> What uh, what have you guys been working on this off season? I know I've seen you pushing some really heavy weight this year, Nate. Yeah, I mean it, it always gets hard because the bar is always like set higher, right? So yeah, it's one of the things you know. It's like shit. Now I got to do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're sort of always like it's a new, uh, you know, weight and stuff like that to hit. I mean, this year was a big 
it was crazy. Like when I came out of the show, like my rebound, like strength wise, was ridiculous. Like I can't even like now. I'm like, how did I lift that? Because <laughs> like I was like inclined benching 405 for like eight reps, and I'm like, I remember like, that. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not matching that now, so I'm not really sure. And, and the thing is that Nate always does it with weights. He, I want to point this out. He does it with weights he can do seven or eight reps with. He's not yeah. just picking a super heavy weight and risking tearing a pec with, like, one or two reps like we see some guys do just for Instagram. Like, those yeah. are his working sets with, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a that, that's a big distinction we should talk about because I see so many guys, and we know a big guy that did it last year, you know, for the gram, five plates off, and, like, yeah. boom, like, you know, tore it. And now, you know, he, he was out for at least a whole year, and – I don't think he's ever going to look the same again. You know, yeah. I, we just see a lot of cases like that. Just take an undue risk. Well, I think that's the thing too, is you got to not to say that I'm anyone more special than anyone, but you got to sort of be a little bit in tune with your body and sort of know, okay, like, you know, let's say like let's take the progressive overload. Let's say I benched four or five for six, you know, and I go in there the next week, I'm not necessarily going to do four or five for seven because it might not be my week. Right. So instead of forcing the issue, I think it's, you know, paramount that you sort of are aware of that and say okay this week i'm gonna maybe back off a little bit and you know hmm. there's still progression there down the road you know so i think you're saying like if you did 405 for six one week maybe you drop to like 385 and you get like eight reps the next week right that kind of what right. you're saying like just being like I, I probably can't go higher than 405 or i might not be able to do more reps but i can take down just 10 or 15 percent hmm. and get more reps and really see some progression that way too well i think some people get caught up in that sort of like okay next week i definitely have to like beat this number and yeah that's a good thing because it sort of sets you uh your expectations to a certain like way that okay I'm, i really have to do this next time but if you walk in the gym and you know you gotta sort of know if that you're feeling that or not right so mm-hmm. i think sometimes people push the envelope as far as like okay i gotta do this you know what i mean they're sort of set in stone as far as progressive overload goes you know yeah I can see that. Yeah, I like that. I I think that that's probably one of the things people struggle with the most with progressive overload is knowing, and myself included, included knowing how to back down. You know, knowing yeah. that you can't hit that that top set over and over and over again. Plus, add a rep. Plus, add five pounds. It's just, it's not going to happen. What's what's been your your biggest struggle this like to, the biggest thing you've had to learn? I should say. I'll say it that way. This past off season. Um, well, for me, my upper body always tends to like explode. So <laughs> it's sort of like keeping those legs matched. Like ah. Andrew said, like my legs are good, but my upper body is a little bit more dominant. So it's really being aware of um, keeping a balanced physique. So I think you see that too on a lot of pros that sort of are in the same ballpark, but they don't really are mindful of like keeping the balance, you know, um, you know, like Juan Morel for an example, not like I'm comparing myself to him, but you know, I think he has great legs, but his upper body is just so dominant. You know what I mean? So yeah. and I think that's something that can hurt someone because when judges are looking at their physique, I think they're looking at, let's say, you know, I'm 10 pounds bigger, but it's all my upper body. That might actually bring me down in placing. Mm. You know, so when the judges are looking at your physique, they're looking at, okay, is this guy complete? And is he, and you know, when you're judging against other competitors, I think that takes into account. And, um, you know, you got to be mindful of that. So one of my biggest things, I think, was just uh, two things was after nationals was, you know, my legs weren't necessarily like small, but I think they're a little flat. <clears throat> okay. So here we're sort of going into it, being a little more mindful of like, OK, like obviously we're going to push the conditioning, but we're almost also more aware of, OK, as we get closer, you know what I mean? How the legs look and how are they holding up? 
Um, and then also my presentation and control. So I'm really using like Nick Walker as a big motivation, you know, as far as like keeping that waist in, in between poses, yeah. um, in those vacuums, um, and sort of practicing a little bit further out. Whereas like, I might wait till like five weeks out or something and start posing more. Um, and now just sort of, you know, being aware of, you know, in between poses more or less, like I can hit my mandatories really good, but you know, you got people forget that, you know, when you're walking out and when you're walking off stage that whole time you're being judged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned something about Nick. I think that his posing was a huge part of what made him look so good on stage. You know, he was, his posing was, I'd say is close to, I hate to use the word perfect. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, we can always do better, but damn, it was freaking good. Yeah. His face didn't change expression until he hit a most muscular where he did like the, you know, yeah, the tongue out intentionally. Or, but yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when the excitement rose, that's when like his face changed, but like his breathing, you could not see his abdominals breathing at all. Yeah. Like, and even when they went to the third round in the confirmation, like it looked like it was his first pose of the day, you know? Um, yeah. And it actually reminds me that remember we were talking about Rami last year for having that, yeah. um, that kind of poise. So, you know, both of these guys have that kind of poise on stage. It's, they might go a bunch of rounds. To that would be cool. First, which would be, yeah, like that's going to be really nasty to see. That'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, another cool thing is, uh, so last year when we started prep, I want to say it was 267. And this year I started at 280 and same body composition. So nice. I mean, you never know what it looks like what on stage. So I'm not going to make any predictions. But I mean, I think I'll definitely be a little bigger this year. We'll see how it looks once it's all put together. But that's always promising. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm excited and, to see and that. You're working on your posing right now. You're working on your posing weekly, uh, right? Yep. Yep. Like you're doing posing sessions with um, John. John. Yep. Yep. Nice. Cool. All right. We got a, uh, we got something in the live feed here from Nathan. Kind of kind of relates to what we were talking about. He says, uh, "What's the one compound, y'all?" I always bring attention when people say "y'all." I like that. What's the one compound, y'all? Scott, Andrew, Nate loved the most prep or off season that you loved the most, but you've realized with age, the body just can't handle besides trend. I mean, I don't know if it's with, uh, I don't know if it's with age, but I did definitely notice, like, I really like halo testing, but, um, I definitely noticed like when I come off it, I'm like, it's almost like a, my, my air comes back. I'm like, Oh wow! I was really had no patience. Oh, you're real intense for a little while there. Yeah, you don't realize it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm being much nicer to the dogs now. <laughs> not getting like so easily yeah. uh, frustrated. I think that's twofold though, and I'm not going to discount the effect yeah. that the compounds have on that. But I do just think, and we talked about this the other day, that like when you're in that contest prep, your soul tunnel vision, especially as you get closer and closer to being judged, that you do have this elitism of like, well, I'm doing this shit and no one else can do it. So I don't have time for them. Or yeah. They're not, they're not on my level. You know what I mean? Like when you've already been up at four o'clock and did, you know, 45 or an hour cardio and you've had your four carb free meals and now you got your little bit of carbs for pre-workout and you're going to have a little bit of carbs afterwards and more cardio probably. You just don't have the patience for people that aren't on your level doing that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that bo- what we do with bodybuilding is changing the world or that we're like doing this super elite you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that the mindset of the competitor gets so locked in to that day and everything you're going to do is going to be towards that goal. Yeah. Like, think about this. If someone told you like, 
it's like there's nothing you won't do, you know, to look a little bit better once you get to that certain point and you start to look good. If someone's like, well, 800 megs of trend is going to make you look better than 400, you're probably going to use 800 megs of trend. You know? Sure. I'm not saying I'm not, I don't think it's personally going to make you look better. I'm just going to say that. So I tried it. Try I can that. tell you 700. I can tell you 700 doesn't work better than 400. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I agree with you. I agree with you. You just produce more side effects, right? You can't sleep and you can't uh, I didn't. So I, <laughs> I can't say that either. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You got to yeah. find out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did hear about this one dude that we kind of know. Uh, he was using two, 200 megs of trend a day, I think, over his last month of prep. Okay. That's a lot. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a good deal. Yeah. It's four, uh, it's 1400 you, a week. 1400 a week. Now, maybe I'm out of the loop and maybe that's standard for some guys. <laughs> any, anyone that works with me is not is going to be probably closer to a thousand less than that. So, yeah. Wow. Huh. How about, let's see. I, I mentioned D ball earlier. I feel like it, you know, maybe with age, I feel like, eh. But then again, you know what? I can't tell because I feel like maybe I'm just more sensitive to noticing things now where the first cycle you're like, ah, I'm just happy to be growing. And you're just like, I don't want to eat this, but I just, I, I don't care. I just eat, 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 you know, whereas yeah. like a little more time, I'm like, huh, I mean, I'm not really hungry where I might've forced it before. And now I'm like, yeah, this isn't adding up. Maybe there's a better route, you know? I, so it's hard to say, it's hard to say if it really has affected my appetite negatively or not. Uh, EQ. I, I think- I'm a little careful with EQ now because it does, it does increase my hematocrit. I've seen that firsthand. So I'm I'm a little careful with that one now. Well, I think that's where knowledge comes in, right? Like, so it's not that you don't love the compound or you, you your body can't handle it. You know that internally it's not yeah. as good for you as other compounds. So you have that weighing in your mind of like, well, this is going to mess my lipids up. More. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is going to lead to some dyslipidemia or this is going to lead to some, um, you know, hematocrit issues or whatever it is, you know. And you know that just based off your previous blood work, you might have felt great on it, but you just know that it's doing something negative to you. So I think you bring that base of knowledge as you do this for five, six, ten years that yeah. you just avoid certain compounds for those reasons, not because they made you feel a certain way. Because I personally have never had a compound other than orals taking away the appetite in the off season that I'm like, oh, I can't handle that. Or, oh, that makes me feel. Actually, you know what? I will say this. I did try DHB for a little while. And I okay. did not like it. No? Not one bit. From the minute I, I popped the uh, the cap off, I could smell it. The whole huh. house smelled like this, uh, like just straight chemicals. Yeah. And it just made me kind of, it put a sick taste in my stomach. And I did it for like maybe three weeks. And I just felt like like lethargic and just not good. So that's, so I, so I didn't like the compound, but I just know my body can't handle it. So I gave it all away to somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever used DHB or dihydrobolinone? Nate? No. I had never had. I, I I use a lot of my experiences with people, so I think I probably told them like eh, I don't like it. Okay, like, yeah, you, you I can I get had. the same. Did you I, like it? Uh, okay, I, I I actually I did, um, and I did really well with it too. I found it to be like an EQ, but with less fluid retention, a lot more. Like I got real vascular. I ran it into a show. It was it was good. It was good. Um, and then I used it again in an off season at another point, but I've heard so many people not being able to handle the shots that I've heard so oh, many people painful. that, yeah. And, and I don't know what it is because some people especially will be a lot more sensitive to it. And some people, some companies, I don't think brew it as well as others. 
I think it's uh, something they use to stabilize it. I remember I was talking to someone who's more of like a chemistry expert. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, because it uses that glycol stuff. Is that what it's called? And that's probably what you got the smell from. Because I think that the smell is the glycol. Yeah. And that, so I don't like anything with the glycol. It just makes me like, ugh. But there was something else in it too, that a different stabilizer or preservative or something that. Okay. Um, Not EO. Than the other compounds. I can't remember now. Like okay. I said, like this is like four years ago, and I just like you know what? I'm not I'm just putting that into the, into the box of things I'm not going to try. Yeah. But now yeah. you're making me want to try it because you said you had a good experience with it. It was so. really good, man. It was really good, and I like I said, I ran it twice too. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think though. I think, you know, I was running it with tests, so I'd always cut it with, like, if you have a something that is more painful, and then you mix yeah. it with something that's less painful, you know, then I think you're, 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 you're going to get a balance out of that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. And Nate, do you have anything else to add to that? Um, I did notice sometimes, like, when I take uh, Anadryl, I get, like, a little, like, pretty lethargic, and hmm. at certain times, I'm like, I gotta pull back, you know what I mean? So, and there's sometimes where I run it, and it's great, so... I don't know if it's an age thing or just, you know. Yeah. What about yeah, um, it's hard methyl like, one uh, test? Uh, no, I, I did try the, what was it? The, yeah, is that um, that new right. stuff? What is it called? Methyl? methyl oh, oh, uh, yeah, what the hell is what's it? What's the one that's everyone on right now? I have no yeah, idea. I'm trying to, but now I want to I'm trying know. to remember now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. I think it's one of those. You know what? Hold on. Oh, test. Uh, is it testosterone or whatever? Or what is it? You know what I'm talking about, Scott? Is it? Are you talking about trestolone? Trestolone, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trest, tre- yeah. Yeah. What did I say? What did I call it? I called it methyl one test, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, trestolone. Have you ever used that? No, I did. I, I did. Yeah. I, I used it twice. I used it years, like over a decade ago, and it was super rare to find. Um, it was my second show. And I was taking 50 every other day of the acetate version. I didn't notice any real major side effects. I did notice that I was getting some bloating from it. And I we didn't know a lot about it, though. It probably wasn't like the best compound to run into a contest, you know. Were but you running enough of an AI with it? Uh, I ran, yeah, this was like back, so back a good decade plus ago, mm-hmm. like more than a decade we would hammer the AI so hard at the end of a show where you'd go to like one milligram of a Rimidex every day. And then you'd go to like plus, you know, 0.75 Letro on top of that. Oh, really? You know, a few times a week, every other day. Uh, I will say Letro has been making a comeback. Yeah. Um, I've with like new guys, like I've seen a couple young guys plans and, um, they're running like a milligram of Letro a day on top of either Aromasin or Rimidex. Into a into and a I, show? Into a show. Okay. And I think it's an effort to try to like make them seem like they're drier than they are because like they're not – the people I'm thinking of, they weren't in great condition. Yeah. Um, at the time they started it, it wouldn't have been my go-to uh, to kill your estrogen at that point though. Um, yeah. And just like I think I took it once like years ago because someone gave me some prescription stuff. And like within two days, I'm like, I don't like how I feel on this. So, so that's another compound I put in the list of, we, we keep talking about compounds. I'll come up with a whole list actually now that I'm ready. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I did use, uh, I did use Trestalone, uh, the long acting version 
this past year. So I was on that run doing really good with strength, building, 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 and I got to be the strongest I've ever been. And then I added in literally just 100 milligrams per week of Trestolone. And it started making me feel dark. Like it started negatively affecting my mood because everything was going good. There was like, everything was smooth. Training was great. Nutrition was like real consistent. Mood was just, you know, normal, nothing to like notice. But then I started feeling like darker and like my training started getting darker and it, it just turned into like this. I could tell it was affecting my mood. So I stopped taking it and it, it had a longer term effect. Like I could tell, Oh, by the way, I started getting like uh, some nipple sensitivity. So I started yep. increasing the AI. I think I was running like 600 tests with it. And um, I had to keep driving it up, driving up the AI. I think I was at like a milligram every other day. And then finally I was like, after about five weeks of it, I was like, yeah, I think I'm getting off of this stuff. But I did get really strong on it. And then after that, I had like, I'd say like a good two or three months where my libido just like, it wasn't the same as it had been before taking it. So I I liked it. And honestly, part of me is like, man, I want to get on that again because I got so strong. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. When you get older, you got to weigh those costs and, you know, you know, the, the cost and benefit of adding some of these compounds in, like you being a jerk and not having libido or you know, putting on, you know, some of your strongest muscle that you can put on. Right. You know what I mean? Like what's the trade off? You know, maybe it works out well for you when you're stuck down in Michigan yeah. and, and your lovely, <laughs> lovely girlfriend is stuck in Canada. Right. It doesn't maybe matter. Maybe now's the time to run it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm here now. I'm here, but yeah. But now you're, but, but now you're up there. So Yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, you know what I I think, Andrew, too, when you're talking about like lab work, um, that if you uh, if you just are like you're running your first cycle, you're early on, you're like, yeah, I don't care if this is going to affect me. I don't care if it'll, you know, mess up my lipids because it's just this one time, you know. But when you've been doing it for five years, seven years, that's when I think those those health things start to add up because then you're like, hey, you know what, I, I got to start and, you know, thinking about my health a little bit more. So I can see kind of kind of echoing what you were saying earlier, where that's where it starts making a difference. If you're if it's your first cycle, you're like, I, I don't care. It's just a one time thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like to, to self, echo that, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say for myself, it was like almost like what you don't know what you don't know. So when you're mm. starting out, like, unaware, and it's almost like better. And the more you become aware, you're like, hypersensitive of this stuff because you're like oh is this happening or you know what i mean like because you, yeah. you just know more you know yeah but yeah i was going to echo your point scott about because you know when you get like a young guy who is pretty good he does well at some of his shows early on and i'm talking like 1920 he's like okay i want to turn into a freak i want to be like nick walker like you tell me exactly what to take i'll take it yeah. and you tell him like look man like or they're and the other thing is they're like i'm ready to quit my job i'm going to dedicate mm. everything to this and you're like guy listen like I know it's hard to see it right now, but you are going to want a life after bodybuilding or yeah. even a life with, with bodybuilding, you know, even better. And yeah, you know, like, like, and, and it's totally possible to do, like, you don't have to kill yourself in the quest to get huge. You know what I mean? And put all these other things like education or career advancement or relationship or any other, you know, goal that you might have. Otherwise you don't need to like completely put those to the wayside. Yeah. Um, so I find a lot of my time with younger guys is counseling them. I'm like, now nah, we're going to do a little bit of less because I, I want to be able to hear for, hear from you when, you know, I'm 80 and you're 60 Yeah. and you're doing okay. You're doing well in life. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you'll thank me for it then, you know, maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, maybe they'll not listen and go win the Olympia and then say, I told you so. 
<laughs> and if so, more power to him, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, I guess the other thing I try to explain to him is that, like, the number one factor in winning the Olympia is genetics. You know, it's not the amount of yeah. gear you take. Because I guarantee there's a lot of guys on the amateur circuit taking more gear than the guys on the Olympia stage this week, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys that don't even compete. Actually, th this one blows my mind. There's a lot of guys that don't even compete. When I Sometimes I go on the forums and I see some of these cycles that these guys are taking, and they're, they're not even competitors. Yeah. They did, like, one show five years ago, and they're running 1,000 megs of trend and, you know, all sorts of things. And I'm like, uh, it, to each his own, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you have a timeline on how long you want to live and the quality of life you do want to have, but... Um, you know, I, I think the clients I attract and the people I want to work with are people that want to be able to fit bodybuilding in, but also live a very healthy life and, and a long life on top of that too. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we still do have people that listen to the programs that, that don't get it. And because I'll, I'll see comments where people are like, oh man, why is Dusty holding back on us and not telling us what he really takes, you know? And yeah. it's like, there, there is a cold, hard reality to it that, there can, you know, and, and I'm going to use Nate as an example. I mean, Nate, you you are a hard worker, and that's the first thing that I think of when I see you. But at the same time, you definitely have some gifts on your side, too, that, I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because if it was just a game of hard work, then everybody would be at the Olympics. Not everybody, but everybody who worked yeah. hard would be there, you know. And I can tell you that a lot of us haven't made it that far. Yeah. Well, even for like I, a guy I, like me, it's crazy because you see guys that because like I'm sure people look at me the same way, but I look at some people that were like behind me and now they're ahead of me, and I'm like, what mm. the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we're talking about that, like Brett Wilkin, like yeah, he mm. works his ass, but like the guy was a classic competitor like two years ago. Now he blows by me. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. He's a great <laughs> example of, of bodybuilding you know, isn't fair. Yeah, no. It's well, well that, that's that's my point about genetics because let's say I, I would say Nate and Brett work equally as hard. They both hit their training sessions like it's the last one. They both, you know, probably take appropriate and normal levels of compounds. Uh, they both eat their six, seven meals a day. Don't skip out on that shit. Genetics are the only other factor there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's the, why one person can blow past someone else and look just a little bit better on stage, have a little bit of a smaller waist, wider shoulders, whatever the hell it might be. Put on muscle tissue faster, stay healthier to be able to stay in the game longer. I mean, pick a factor, but genetics rule everything. There's a reason why I'm not in the NBA or, you know, on a professional soccer field or you know, any of those other factors either. So, yeah, I think, though, that there's an attitude of um, if you if you if you say that you're telling somebody not to try that's it, it gets mistaken as like well well then why even try then you're you're a hater you're you're negativity because you're telling me that I can't do this and i and i i know that that what you're saying is the opposite of that it's just a matter of yeah. i think knowing your place and enjoying the process and being able to enjoy bodybuilding at the level you're capable of it you know whatever that level yeah. may be well, I think back to like guys that did have excellent genetics. Like, like think of like Trey Brewer or Chris Cook, you know, yeah. back in the early 2000s, guys that had all the genetics in the world, blew past their competition, turned pro within a year or two, and probably could have had really good careers as pros. But, you know, and so genetically, they're right up there at the top. But, you know, maybe because it came so easy for them, they, you know, kind of lost interest in it. Yeah. Maybe other factors in life caught up to them because they had put them, you know, neglected them on their quest in that one or two years where they were putting on all that size. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think you can totally, my model has always been, you know, like John Meadows, he was a businessman, a family man. 
um, and he was able to make bodybuilding work and turn it into a, several businesses for him at the same time. Obviously, you know, I look at guys like him, you know, Scott Stevenson, um, you know, Skip, guys that like turned that took a hobby bodybuilding, an interest in a hobby and turned it into a career, but also were able to have families pursue educational opportunities and still be alive and kicking here, you know, at 45 and, and doing well. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So. I, I look at that too. I like that. All right. Well, we haven't told people on this installment guys, if you, uh, if you don't follow Nate Spear or you think you follow Nate Spear, you might, might not be following the real Nate Spear anymore. Cause Nate got hacked what is what is your new uh, Instagram, Nate? Uh, it's at nasty Nate Spear. Okay. So, so for anybody who's watching this, um, you're obviously if you've made it this far, you are one of our hardcore OG fans. So we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, I know that you want to go out and follow Nate and and follow him in his prep, follow him in his training, and all of that. Um, Bodyberry, Bodyberry dot com. Mm-hmm. I made a joke, Nate. Because Andrew posted a uh, he posted a picture he showed us a picture one day and I got this really dirty look from him and I'm going to talk about it he posted a picture from like his first show and I was like oh that's when you were barely swole yeah <laughs> and then you changed your name to Barry Swole I swear I like, to God I saw like lasers coming out of his eyes when I said that I was like I thought that was pretty good. Well, so imagine how I felt when I first started posting my pictures on the forums and like, you know, well, so the comments say, I, I would get. I love your story about the swimmer on the forums. Yeah. And They're like, oh, you look good, kid. When's your next swim meet? <laughs> 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 and I mean, like in a minute, I was like, fuck this guy, you know, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's right. I'm a, I'm a tall, lanky, 190 pound bodybuilder at six two. I need to get up to 240, 250, you know? So oh, yeah. maybe those it. comments are what, yeah, maybe, maybe those comments are what really helped fuel me. You know, well, I, think I was like always very self-motivated, but I do think, you know, maybe a little bit of that healthy jabbing definitely helps, you know? I, I think a good take home actually is for any of the listeners is I just found this out. I sort of knew, but Andrew was on another podcast telling a story and it's really cool because after that show, correct me if I'm wrong, but he took a solid eight years off to put on that stage weight, and he was determined, I'm going to come back a super heavyweight, and not many people can take eight years off and you know, dedicate that and then return to the stage as the super heavyweight like they wanted to in the correct amount of time. You know what I mean? They didn't rush the process, and they he took his time. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I understood that like I wanted to be competitive and that you know, not just compete for fun and, and that yeah. I can still bodybuild for myself and hmm. go through the motions and do the training, the eating and diet down to get, to see what it looked like every several years. But to be competitive on stage, I knew I needed to be, you, you can't be a six two, you know, 200 to 220 pound bodybuilder and, and expect to have some type of success on a, on an NPC stage. And, um, now, you know, I will tell you this though, like, I think with all those time, all that time that I took to, um, you know, took off from competing, you know, I think I can help other people maybe avoid some of the mistakes I made that took it, that, that made me take eight years sure. to, to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of experience that I gained in that time period for sure. Barry Swole sounds like the name of a buff care bear. I'll take that, Andrew. So Thank Andrew you. says, and then <laughs> Nick chimes in and says, yeah, care, care bear, care Barry Swole. So everybody's nice giving thing. Andrew shit now. I think I opened that floodgate. I, I, I don't know if it's shit. I think it's more compliments, right, guys? <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys watching the live feed. And, uh, Nate, we appreciate you hanging with us, man. This has been a lot of fun. 
course, my pleasure. All right, guys, go check everybody out. As I said, uh, check out Nasty Nate Spear. Go to bodyberry.com. You can reach me at mcnallydiets at gmail.com. Uh, of course, if you're here, you probably already have subscribed. But if you haven't, then do us a favor. Uh, subscribe at our YouTube, like, comments, all that stuff helps to boost us in the algorithm. And further, if you want to ask questions on the YouTube, we will take them on the next show. We appreciate you guys. and We'll see you soon.